Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 37, Catching the Couch Wave. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Jen as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Doing well, doing real well. Well, it's always great to hear that my guest is on starting off on a good foot right before the podcast. That's, that's always makes it a lot easier and makes the flow go a lot better. I, I haven't encountered anybody who had a bad start, but... Oh, well, no, then ask me that question again and I will give you a lie, but it'll definitely uh, change things up for you. Good, ask good. it again. Oh, uh, yeah. So how are you doing? Horrible. It's been the worst time ever. I broke three of my left feet and like took an arrow to the eye. It's just been a bad day. So this is going to be a great podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're audio only, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so people already know you have three feet, but before we start to talk about your hobby- Three I'm left feet. Three left feet. You don't feet. know how many right feet I've got. Ooh, the question of the day. But before we start to talk about your hobby, I'm sure the people would love to learn a little bit more about who is Jen with the three left feet. Yes. So my name is Jen. I live in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, which if you're a college basketball fan or a President Obama fan, is the place where President Obama just visited to watch my alma mater UNC lay the smackdown over Duke just in the time we're recording this podcast yesterday. Um, I'm considered an old millennial, no longer Generation X, although I was. Uh, I'm definitely the dictionary definition of extrovert. I have a housemate, which is something that you will need to keep in mind as you hear all about my hobby, and because my hobby impacts my housemate, and yet I can still manage to do it. And I have pink hair. See, you're already ahead, ahead, ahead of me. Sorry, you're already ahead of me. I have no hair, so you're more out there than me. I just baldness does not attract people. But yes, it's not about me. It's all about you today. And speaking of which, what is your hobby? My hobby is that I'm actively involved in a hospitality exchange called couch surfing. I spend more than half of my interactions hosting, but I've also been a guest a large number of times, as well as attending local events, which are couch surfing's term for what you and I would call a meetup, and foreign events called couch crashes. What is couch surfing for people who might not know what it is exactly? You're not jumping up on couches and riding the wave, right? No. Uh, so couch surfing is one of many things in a broader category called a hospitality exchange. And a hospitality exchange is where um, you can stay the night in somebody else's home and they generally tend to stay the night in somebody else's home who's within this greater network and the networks are organized around some sort of common principle or common hobby like there is the warm showers hospitality exchange which is for people who ride their bicycles all over the place and then there is Servas Hospitality Exchange, which is for people who speak Esperanto. And Couchsurfing is a generalist. So rather than having some specific hobby like speaking Esperanto or riding bicycles, we take everyone. That's cool. It's like it's just an open door for whoever. Well, of course, friendly people, I would imagine. You're not just taking off angry people who have yeah. three left feet and had a really bad day. I'm, I'm kidding. But... Only if they don't have a crossbow. Yes. No, um... <laughs> Couchsurfing has a couple of foundational principles, and one of them is that we believe that if you take that crossbow that you clearly don't have and shoot it randomly into a crowd, the person you are likely to hit is likely to be a good person. So we believe that fundamentally, the majority of people, the average person you're going to run into is going to be a good person. So if you believe that somebody is out there to screw you over, or if you're fearful in any way, couchsurfing is absolutely not for you. I'm sure with all your years of experience, you've gathered enough knowledge to tell who's a good person and who's a bad person. But speaking of which, that whole learning process, how did you get introduced to couch surfing? 
So I have been interested in hospitality exchanges ever since I was in middle school. So when I was in middle school, my parents sent me off to Washington, D.C. through my religious institution's youth group. And what happened was I did a homestay with a sister religious institution and got to stay in the home of one of their youth group girls with her parents. And I really, really preferred this to staying in a hotel, even though I was in a sleeping bag directly on a carpeted floor and my hips hurt and all that, all that stuff. It's because I got to have an insider's view of what it was like to live in that area. So at the time, I didn't know there was a term for what had just happened to me. I didn't know that homestays within a network was some sort of thing called a hospitality exchange. I just knew this was a thing that had happened and I liked it. So now we're going to fast forward my life to 2009 when I wanted to hike the North Carolina Mountains to Sea Trail. And there are several stretches of trail where you cannot camp. The the trail corridor, the land that's available is just not large enough to camp. So I Googled to see what other hikers had done when they faced these sections and learned that staying with a host via this strange website thing called Couchsurfing was generally the solution. So I looked up what this weird website thing called Couchsurfing was and... As I'm reading through the sort of information about what couch surfing is, and it does a horrible job explaining it on the website, I'll just go right ahead and tell you that. Uh, enough of it struck out to me that reminded me of my middle school experience that I was like, oh, there's a website for this? Heck yeah. <laughs> and signed up instantly, not only to be a guest, but to be a host. That's awesome. And so you just turned your hobby into a hobby that you want to share with the world. And that's pretty much why you're on here as well. So for you, you started off as a guest and eventually you also incorporated being a host. When did that, uh, when did you start being a host as well? Um, So I signed up for my account in 2009 and I didn't get my first couch request, which is the, the term of art within the couch surfing network for when somebody says, hey, I need a place to stay. Can you offer me one? Um, I didn't get my first couch request until 2010, a full year later. And then that particular request, I had to decline. Uh, And it's completely normal within couch surfing to decline requests. And then I did, I got my second request six months after that. So it's a long time and I'm still going, I want to host, I want to host, I want to host, I want to host, I want to host. Come on, somebody stay with me, stay with me. Took a full year and a half before I got somebody who said, I I would like to come and stay. And I was able to say, yes, you, I like your face. I like what you got. You can come and stay with me. So what is your uh, type of criteria, if you don't mind me asking, when picking out somebody who comes and stays? Because like that first person obviously did not meet those criteria, but that person with that face and everything else did. Yeah, um, I look for somebody who is respectful of other people's boundaries and is not trying to push boundaries. So the first guest who was coming to stay had already in their couch request, there is a free narrative section where you can write information about you. And they had written information that said, basically, I'm asking for two days, but I plan to never leave. And that is somebody who's not respecting boundaries. And so I look for somebody who respects boundaries. Um, I'm looking for somebody who is looking to interact with the people that they're staying with rather than just say, I'm so broke, I can't afford a hotel. Because if you're staying in my house, we're going to be interacting and I'd like you to be positive about it. And I am looking for somebody who is not um, self-centered. Now, there's going to be a particular amount that you reveal and you say, I'm like this and I'm like that in that narrative section. But I'm not looking for somebody who is sort of too far in the narcissistic category where they think that they are God's gift to you should they land on your doorstep. 
And I'm guessing you have a good way of determining when somebody's telling the truth and not, right? You know, it's that that intuition thing. I can't directly point to anything, but at this point, I have hosted over 138 guests, and I've been a couch surfer for over a decade, and I've just I've seen enough that certain things, and I might be I might be looking at false positives and rejecting people off of false positives, but. There's there's enough with the specific word choice that people will make or the way they'll structure a sentence that says, uh, I don't trust this person. And that, that's completely fair. I completely understand. So for you, you've, you dipped your feet in both waters. Which one do you prefer t- to do? That's a tough question. Um, I, I have more experience being a hostess than being a guest, but I prefer both sides equally, much like your parents love all of you, all their children equally, but for different reasons. I see that. Yeah. You love your kid for different reasons. And yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no way because they both offer different things. As a guest, you get to see new places. As a host, you get to gather people who want to see new places and get that experience, which is like the best of both worlds. I think so. I, I think that it is severely limiting if you are only a guest or only a host. But there are couch surfers out there who, for various reasons, logistical or otherwise, can't do both things. And so, you know, follow your bliss. If that's what you can do, that's what you can do. Get it, you know. And there's a term used called couch crashers. Yes. OK. I want you to picture in your mind a cruise. Got it. The ship. Everyone's sleeping in roughly the same geographic area. People who are total strangers, and yet you'll befriend some of them before you're done. Great food, sometimes a pool worth going into. There's going to be alcohol, sometimes bad karaoke. And there's going to be an activity schedule arranged for you that you get to pick and choose from. Now I need you to subtract the ship and replace the ship cabins so that you have, you know, with a homestay. And that's basically a couch crash. Couch crashes happen when couch surfers in a local community, which can be either a single city or a metropolitan area, get together and decide, let's just invite the whole world to come visit and put together a filled activity schedule for them to pick and choose between. People come in from all over and they stay with local area hosts, bunches and bunches. And a lot of the hosts host like more than one uh, guest at a time in these cases. And they do activities together from this activity schedule that has been made in advance for you say you make friends just like you went on a cruise ship and you eat delicious food just so you look like you went on a cruise ship and sometimes you swim just you went on a cruise you know in fact i i can't think of the last couch crash i went to that didn't have a swimming option so yes i'll say and you definitely could swim (laughs) that's that's pretty cool it's like a whole like it's a summer camp but uh, i would imagine Hopefully people, you never had a guest that didn't want to participate in stuff and that was just very salty. Oh, no, not for a couch crash. If, if somebody's coming in town and they name drop, you know, I'm here for a couch crash, they're going to be participating. Now, they might not participate in all the activities. They might need some me time or there's something in the area that they also want to go do and see and check out, like a historic tuba museum that nobody thought to go and do as a, as a group activity or whatever. And that's fine. But they're there to meet more than just you, the host, and the four walls and the roof of your house. That's completely fair. And I'm guessing some activities involve more movement than others. So my question to you would be, what is the average age you tend to see when people come visit? Oh, average age would probably be my age. Uh, Couchsurfing does have your age on your profile. And it is considered really bad form to lie about your age. Um, Because 
you're already saying, I don't trust you. And couchsurfing is built around this sort of trust and belief that people are good. And, and so um, people tend to want to stay with people that they're kind of a little bit like. And so I tend to get people who will stay with me because they're kind of close to my age. Now, that's not to say that I haven't. I had a really great guest who came in town because the Night Vale people were recording a podcast. Um, just down the street from where I live. And she was, I think, 18 and like a month. She was young, 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 young. And she stayed with me and I am old enough to be her mother. I've had some youngins. And then I've had some people who are old enough to be my mother who've come and stayed. But the, the accommodations that I offer are not very easy on the elderly body who might need a specifically elevated kind of bed to get into and out of. So people tend to miss me just for purely, re, you know, logistical reasons alone, if they're older. And, and that makes sense. Of course, as you get older, you try to, you, you tend to have different interests in what you want to do. Probably rock climbing isn't, unless you're a really good rock climber at 90 years old. Hey, I'm not, I'm not hitting on you. you if that's what you like to do, Hey, go ahead. But yeah, dur during different ages, you want to do different things. And I completely understand that. So for you, uh, flipping the sides, Wow. Who was the most interesting host you've ever had? So I have two because I, as you can probably tell, I don't really do well with superlatives. One of my, one of my most interesting hosts was a young woman who lived in Richmond, Virginia, and the entire walls of her house were covered with art. I'm talking painting, photographs, collages, textile work, wall mounted sculpture, you name it. If she could put it on the wall, it was on the wall and it had no theme or curation and very little like space between the pieces. And it should have been completely overstimulating, but it wasn't. Um, and it just, it just worked. And strangely it was rejuvenating. And I remarked to her and she even reminded me of it when she left my review of my guesthood that I'd referred to it as being in an art bath. So I got to sleep surrounded by these walls that were just covered in completely different mishmash altogether art and it was fabulous and then my other most interesting host is like a complete switch from that he was it's a man who was located in oriental north carolina and his profile photo had that sort of wild and crazy hair which could have been einstein but it also could have been charles manson and he had no reviews um which we call references in couch surfing, by the way. So references are a safety feature. They are like the, the analogy I use is they're like product reviews on Amazon. People who have stayed with me or I have stayed with can leave me a reference. Even, even people I've just met can leave me a reference. And I cannot remove them no matter how much I may disagree with what they might say about me. So they are fully open and transparent and even better, uh, references are double blind. So if I have something I don't uh, bad to say about you, and I'm worried that you are gonna just hit back really hard and be angry about it, I don't have to worry because you don't get to see that I've said something bad about you while you're writing something great about me. That's pretty cool. So it is a great safety feature, and you should absolutely read them every time, every one. Yeah, because some people give honest feedback and it helps you as the host and as the guest to get a better feel of the whole situation. So speaking of which, what are some do's and don'ts as a host and as a guest? Okay, so as a host, do provide a safe space for sleeping and access to a toilet, sink, and bathtub or shower. 
that is your sum total of responsibility. You do not have to provide a couch. You do not have to provide a bed. You do not have to provide a guest room. You just have to provide a safe space where somebody can sleep and their ability to clean themselves and evacuate their bowels if they need to. Do communicate directly and clearly with attention paid to like cultural idiom. Couchsurfing is international. And while its default language is English because the internet, there's a lot of direct word-for-word -word translation going on. So let me give you an example. If you want someone to take off their shoes at the door, you should say, remove your shoes here rather than ditch your kicks. Yeah, because that doesn't translate well in every culture and every language. No, no. Ditch, they would immediately go, oh, that's this thing that runs along the side of the road and kicks are what a horse does when it's angry. I don't understand what you've just asked of me. So it's really important to sound basically like a kindergarten teacher all the time. You know, kind, but but direct. Um, and this is this is a brilliant skill. If you plan to have some sort of corporate career, this is going to be a resume builder for you. Uh, do presume that everyone is trying to be respectful. So sometimes things are lost in translation, but that isn't an attempt at insulting you. Just talk it out and learn something. Do let your host know your plans on the day of your arrival. From the very moment you leave your previous sleeping place or land your plane to the moment you arrive at your meeting place with your host, wherever that may be. Sometimes hosts are super kind and they know their place is hard to find, so they'll meet you at a much more centrally located uh, public place. Just keep in touch. You know, my plane just landed. I'm still on track for a 2 p.m. arrival. I'm getting the train. The train just dropped me off. I'm still on track for a 2 p.m. arrival. Just, just keep your host updated. Do communicate using the couchsurfing communication tools. Okay, so these are a royal pain because there's a couchsurfing app and it isn't real time. The push notifications stink and it takes a minute or 700 minutes for a message to make it into your inbox. Uh, if you're using if you're using the send to email option, but still you need to use these communication tools. If you're expecting a guest and you're a host, log into your Couchsurfing account and keep your Couchmail inbox up and on refresh because that one's going to be on real time, so that you can receive these incoming messages from your guest in real time. This protects everyone because if anyone's in any way shady, and Couchsurfing is made of people, and people sometimes are shady. You want to be able to have couchsurfing corporate sanction the individual, and they cannot sanction the individual if they do not see the shady activity. And anything communicated off of their communication tools, they cannot see, they cannot count. You could have made it up. You could have, you know, altered something in Photoshop. They need to go in and check that it is in their communication database. While people might have the best of intentions, uh, they... They could also be a serial creep. So if someone wants you to move off of the couch mail communication tools, do not do this. Uh, a lot of serial creeps know that they don't get in trouble for things that are set off platform. And so they're going to try and push you in that direction. It just, just don't take the chance. Just refresh your couch mailbox instead of like relying on push notifications. It's just better. And on that note, do use the website. So Couchsurfing has an app, but couchsurfing.com is the website you want to use. The app is sort of a gateway drug, and the website is much more complete and offers a plethora of tools that the app just doesn't have, with the exception of a product called Hangouts, but I refuse to use the app at all. I've never used Hangouts, and it's never been a problem. So if you want to, you can keep the app around for that, but do the majority of your couchsurfing stuff through the online website. Uh, and if you don't have a computer, your phone's built-in browser will access the website just fine. And speaking of phone, you definitely want to have a working phone with working data plan no matter where you are in the world. 
lot of people try and travel and they rely on Wi-Fi. And that's great if you have a hotel or hostel or some other paid or paid stay. But since couch surfing hosts are hobbyists like me and we're volunteers and we have our lives, you really need to be able to contact them whenever, wherever you are. It's just, it's just considered polite to be always able to be communicated with. So when you land, grab a SIM card. Oh, do send a couch request. So a couch request is the, the term of art for a, well, a request to stay. It doesn't, you don't have to request to stay on a couch, but it's a request to stay at somebody's house. Uh, send a couch request and not a message. There are two different options of ways to communicate with somebody. And there's the couch request, which is this form. And you fill it out and it asks you how many people are coming, what, the, what are the days of your stay, and then has a free narrative section. And then there's a message, which is basically just like you're sending a blank email. Send a couch request, not a message if you need a place to stay. Now, in some cultures, it's weird to start right out with an ask instead of small talk. However, in the couch surfing culture, it's weird to start with a small talk instead of the ask. And if people just seem to not be responding to you ever and you've sent a bunch of messages, that's why you need to send the couch request. And do try and host if possible. Couchsurfing operates on a freemium model. And if you host even just one guest, you get three months of free premium access. Otherwise, you have to pay if you want that premium access. So do, 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 do try and host if possible. I'm a, a, a big proponent of this serves the, the community, this serves the network. And at the same time, yo, it's cheap. Do it. And uh, oh, and now some do nots. You ready for the do not? I'm all ready. I'm strapped in. Let's go. Okay, do not use couch surfing if you cannot check your libido at the door. Do not use couch surfing if you cannot behave as if you are neutered. So couch surfing has rules for being able to use its database and communication tools. And one of those rules is uh, for behavior that all new users agree to when you sign up and you click agree on that big list of rules that nobody ever reads. One of those rules is that couch surfing is a sex and attraction free zone. So in every other part of your real life, go hump all the consensual things. But in couch surfing, every user you interact with is your grandmother and you need to behave accordingly. And if you cannot, there are plenty of other hospitality exchanges in the world. Couch surfing is just one of them. So go find one of them that better fits you. And if you fail to keep your sexuality in check, couch surfing will ban you. So these are these are all amazing tips and tricks. And of course, a lot of these, you can apply them in real like and I say in everyday life, not just for couch surfing. Let's say um, I really hooked on to when you're saying the communication aspect where some people may not speak English as their first language. So being patient, I, I go through that experience every day because my wife is South Korean. So when we first started dating, yeah, the communication thing was a big main thing of our arguments. But now we understand we're trying to understand. Oh, OK, that's what they're trying to mean. But and uh, yeah. Also, being respectful, like you said, is very important. Everybody's your grandmother, but hopefully people do not forget that because grandmother will can kick you out the house. <laughs> yep. And couch surfing will kick you out. And as a host, I have had some guests try and hit on me and they've gotten kicked out. I mean, you, you can get kicked out. And if you're a host, your guest will leave and they will file a police report and they will report you to couch surfing and you will get the ban hammer and you will you will say well, why is i banned all i thought was cute and so i just grabbed her upper thigh like that's why bro don't do it to grandma don't do it to a guest yeah don't do it to grandma or grandpa just don't do it to anybody who's not welcoming it and actually unless you know consent that's a key thing and it applies for everything in life now, for you, when you choose your next spot to go traveling as a guest, what is your uh, 
how do you narrow down like, oh, I want to go there? Is it uh, you want to visit some friends who live in the area or do you want to visit a specific site? What's the thought process? So generally, if I'm going to go visit my friends, I'm going to stay with my friends. And as a host, if somebody's saying I'm in town to visit my friends, can I stay with you host instead of them? My first thought is, oh, what's so awful about you that your friends can't put you up, huh? Um, so probably not the direction you want to go until you have a significant number of references on your account. Uh, for me, it's usually some intermediate stop in between friends I am visiting and staying with. So uh, friends live more than a day's drive apart. I'll pick a spot in the middle and that's where I'll crash for the night. And I will couch surf while I'm there because there are some hidden gems that are just not major tourist spots. And I just love discovering them. But also, uh, if there is a couch crash, I'm there. And this year I'm going to the Austin, Texas couch crash, the Chicago, Illinois couch crash. And I've heard a rumor that there's going to be one in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So I'm going to try and go there if it happens. And then the Washington, D.C. couch crash. Damn, so it sounds like you have a really busy uh, like itinerary. So I have to ask you, where have you been so far? If it's, if it's a long list, I should probably ask you, where have you not been, if that's shorter? <laughs> um. I, gosh, I can't even remember. I've been to Connecticut. So the whole state of Connecticut put on a couch crash because the state is drivable within a day. And that was an amazing couch crash. It was just fabulous. I keep going to Washington, D.C. practically every year they have one. I've been to Philadelphia's couch crash. Um, we've hosted two in, in the area where I live. So obviously I've been to my own. Uh, I went to Orlando's couch crash most recently. And if I may say that has been the very best couch crash I have ever been to in my entire life. And I've been to Seattle, Washington's couch crash and probably a bunch more that I'm leaving off the list. So if I went, oh, I've been to Charleston, South Carolina's couch crash several times over Greenville, South Carolina. And now I think I've covered everything. But if I didn't, if I didn't mention you, don't hate me. I loved, I loved being there. And in the middle, in the middle of the podcast, if you remember it, just shout it out. I'll stop talking, and then at least people will know. Oh yes, Jen went there too. <laughs> so for you, what would you say is the best part about couch surfing? Uh, it's definitely the people I've met. So couch surfing is like having a big extended family of people who care about you, but like all over the world. And I come from a family where, in my generation, my brother and I are it. We have no cousins. We have no cousins 17 times removed. It's him and me, and that's it. And if he doesn't have kids, the family name just dies off with him. So couch surfing is that big, giant, extended family feeling from those family reunions that I can't get any other way. And then at the end of the day, we're, we are all family. We're all humans trying to look for happiness and things that we enjoy. And for you, it's couch surfing, and you can relate with other people who are in, in similar situation. And it's just that... It's that uh, family connection, that bond that, oh, you're both sharing a roof. Let's make the best of it. Yep. I've made some. So if you've watched Fight Club, um, the, the character in Fight Club, Tyler Durden, says that there are single serving friends. And in couch surfing, you're certainly always going to have single serving friends. Then there are people who are meh. But then you get your single serving friends who were great. They were wonderful while they stayed under your roof. And you promised, you swear you'll keep in touch and you don't. And that's okay. But then there are like the for real for life friends. And I've made about a dozen of them in my decade of couch surfing. And these are people I never would have met any other way. And they've just added so much to my life. 
Yeah. So like when you say, oh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. That's like what stuff you'd write in a high school yearbook. Yeah, exactly like that. Totally going to keep in touch with you. You just changed my life, man. I love you. And then like a month later, you're like, Matt, who? Yeah, don't ever change. Have a great summer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And but that's not to say that they're like for setting realistic expectations. There are also people who are meh. You're like, OK, so that was Patricia. Moving on. Like, I've had met people stay with me. You're just, eh, they weren't bad. They just weren't great. Yeah, of course. You're human. You're not going to be able to relate to everybody. Even though I, let's say, have a lot of guests on this podcast, I want to try to relate with everybody, but maybe I'll have somebody that we don't, do not connect. It's just, it's life. You can't, you can't make everybody happy. And it's fair to think like that, right? Yep, absolutely. But, uh, so yeah, yeah, I do hope that I do connect with everybody on my podcast or else I'd be a very, <laughs> a very awkward and meh podcast episode. <laughs> so for you. So that was Alex. So that happened. No, <laughs> yeah, just like, kidding. The, every, every answer is just meh. <laughs> so for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started couch surfing? Um, my biggest challenge was, of course, what I've referred to earlier. I was willing and ready to host, but man, it took me a year and a half. <laughs> to finally get a guest. I I was a guest twice in that time before somebody would ever actually come and stay with me. So that was a pretty big challenge. And uh, let's see, what is my, I, I made notes, just so your listeners know. I, I jotted myself notes so I could think of what my biggest challenge is because you're asking me superlative questions and I'm no good at them. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> uh, so I'd, I'd have to say, um, my my and it's still i guess my biggest challenge uh is that so couch surfing has this algorithm that they use when you when you're going to look for a place to to visit and i'll just use my town as an example if you're looking for chapel hill north carolina and you're looking for a host in chapel hill north carolina you will get a list by default sorting order and couch surfing realized that their original default sorting order was to put the people who'd hosted the most at the top and that's then, then as, as it would be, the rich get richer because you're the first name listed. You've hosted a lot. People are going to send you requests. You're going to host them. Now you're going to host even more a lot than somebody further down the list. So at some point, they, they finally listened to the users and who were saying, we need a more fair way of distributing the guest load. And so they came up with this rotation algorithm where your name pops up in the default sorting order at the top, once every, well, they won't tell you, but we've sort of figured it out. For me, it's every five months. Once every five months, and right now, as I'm recording this podcast, my name is at the top of that list, because I can tell, because I'm getting a ton of couch requests. Um, so those intervening five months, though, because I get like one day of being at the top of the list, and then I'm back to the back until the five months pass. So during those five months, it's just a whole bunch of, I'm not hosting any guests, and I really would like to. Add to that, if you Google like couch surfing tips or how to get a host on couch surfing or whatever, they say, hey, there are these filters you can use when you get your list of hosts. So you should filter by most recently logged in. And I'm going to tell you why that is a huge major challenge, because if you're logging in, it's because you've gotten a couch request. Because when you get a couch request, it comes to your email. You go to your email, you're like, oh, I should log in and like respond to that thing. So you've logged in and responded to that thing because you've gotten a couch request. So if they've logged in recently, it's because they've told somebody else yes or no. And if they told them no, then they're going to tell you no, because for the same reason that they couldn't host them, they can't host you. Or 
they've all told the other person yes, and now they can't host you because they have that body in their space. So do not search by most recent login. Uh, has couch surfing ever helped you relax when you're stressed? That one's going to be a, absolutely not. So couch surfing has challenges where you didn't have them before. So I definitely would not recommend it for somebody who's seeking to relieve tension. In fact, you should probably do it when you relax in bed. And maybe not when you're stressed and take your blood pressure up a notch, maybe. And so I'm guessing on the flip side, I have to ask this, but I feel like I already know the answer. Has couch surfing ever stressed you out? Absolutely, it has. Um, but never more than I can handle. Uh, so that's one of the great things about couch surfing is it's taught me the utter limits of my ability to handle other people's drama. And I have a fun story for you if you want a fun story. Absolutely. Okay. I had a guest who had a mental health crisis while she was under my roof. So I knew a bit about her because you have to exchange information before you bring somebody into your home. But I did not know enough that I could like, take her to the hospital and check her in as an inpatient. But she was having some sort of like psychotic break, schizophrenic break. I, I have no background in psychology, but I'll just describe what she was doing. She went from being asleep to uh, awake and walking up and down or shuffling up and down my hall over and over and over again, saying, whispering, he's not dead, he's not dead, he's not dead, he's not dead for all night. This is happening and she and her the poor look in her eyes is like, I don't know what's going on. I don't like it. My brain's like taking me hostage, too. So she's having this psychotic break. And I was able to get one of her family members on her cell phone to talk her through this and talk her down. And apparently there was medication that she was taking that she had gone off and she was able to to get back on it. And we made it through there. But whoo, that raised the blood pressure and gave me a good old shot of adrenaline, though, didn't it? Yeah, I could definitely imagine. Wow. So actually, my wife used to live in a hostel for three years, and it'd always be interesting people who come in. And this one guy just fell unconscious one day, and they brought him to the hospital. But he came back the same day because he like he banged his head, came back the same day. He went back to the kitchen to just work on some food, fell again, hit his head and blood splattered everywhere in the kitchen. And my wife was working at the time at the hostel and just saw this and just... It, it was just traumatizing just to see somebody who fell to the ground, hitting their head, and then just blood splatter everywhere. He's okay now. But uh, yeah, I, I, like your situation, I could see it being traumatizing. And I should have said before I said my little story that this might not be safe for people who are scared of blood. So yeah, sorry about the late warning. But yeah, so, but it sounds like you handled it pretty well. You seem like a type of person that can handle a situation, like a stressful situation in a calm and patient manner. Yeah, and and I'm not sure whether, how much of that is my personality versus how much of that is I've been doing couch surfing for a very long time by the time she came along. Because couch surfing has certainly taught me crisis management and how not to be a reactive personality and also how to be a direct communicator and how to be assertive. It's, it is, uh, in my local area, I do uh, seminars for people, especially for uh, new hires to corporations and, and like women, the women in bio chapter and such about why couch surfing is good for your leadership development. Because the, the all these things that I'm listing, they're things that you're like, that belongs on a resume. Couch surfing can help you do that for free and you get to travel. And it gives you life experience as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, what are some misconceptions about people who do couch surfing? So I'm going to back up to one of the do nots that I listed before. Uh, couch surfing, sex, no. So 
the seduction corners of the internet, and I spend a lot of my time on Reddit, so I know in Sedit, which is the seduction corner of Reddit, uh, you'll hear couch surfing being talked about as a way to coerce especially young European women, for whatever reason, into having sex. Because, and here I'm going to just paraphrase a whole bunch of crap, uh, where else were they going to go at 2 a.m. in a foreign city when they're still half asleep? God, I hope all of your listeners know why that is a problematic statement. Uh, <laughs> because that is how you go to jail for rape, sexual assault, or kidnapping. And there have been couch surfing hosts who have gone to jail for rape, sexual assault, and kidnapping. Even the guy in Italy who was the police officer who then turned to his young European guest and said, who are you going to turn me into? I'm a cop. His ass ended up in jail. Uh, yeah, couch surfing is not filled with women for whom this crap is going to fly. We are not shrinking violets. We do not roll over and just let you get it over with. Also, couch surfers are repeatedly advised in all of the onboarding information to have a shit hits the fan and you have to flee at 2 a.m. kind of backup plan and be willing to act on it and do so. Like for a lot of us, it's just having enough money to, to get a taxi and show up at a hotel, even the most expensive hotel in the city, and get a room for the night. And we have it and we're ready and we'll do that. Male, female, it doesn't matter. Like, do not try and rape or coerce your way into getting sex. It's, it is incorrect information that is being shared on the internet, and it has no positive outcomes for anybody, including the people trying to act on it. Oh, and also you'll be banned. So, but it's not like you were going to couch surf from prison anyway. <laughs> Unless you're doing it from cell to cell. It, well, in that case... <laughs> Another misconception is that couchsurfing is an alternative to a homeless shelter. Uh, and while individual hosts always have their house and their rules for the people they want to host, by and large, couchsurfing is for tourists and visitors to a location who are planning on leaving rather shortly. Uh, what is it? The French, the French saying, guests and fish start to smell after three days. So couchsurfing is not going to be your social services. That makes perfect sense. And also, I agree with you on that whole, the raping thing, that it should be common sense that somebody lets into lets you into their house, their domicile, their safe space, and then it's the last thing you want. It's not something that's invited. It's like, yeah, I let you into my house. I did not let you sleep in my bed. That's my bed. It seems like common sense, but I feel, I guess, some people do not apply it as common sense. And of course, they get caught. They do. They do, especially, and this is so important for why you want to keep that communication on the couch surfing communication tools. These people are going to pull this shit unless they are class A rapists. Uh, they're probably going to say something over the communication tools ahead of time that already would get them banned long before you even need to show up at their door. So there's no need to put your body in harm's way if you keep it on the couch surfing communication tools. Is there a background check for becoming a host? Uh, the, so there is this thing called verification and I'm putting this in air quotes because the only thing that gets verified is that you have whatever the current price of verification is. And it has fluctuated in the decade. I've been a couch surfer. I think at present it's $60 us and then whatever, uh, like whatever the equivalent is in Canadian dollars for you. And then whatever that equivalent would be in South Korea oh, money. Juan. The won? Yes, yes. Yeah, in, in South Korea. So it's all it's all pegged to the US dollar standard. Um, the only thing that verification verifies is that you have that amount of money and that you had some sort of way of paying it over the internet. And that's it. And it is incorrectly marketed, or we should put it this way, it is um, 
obfuscated and leaves you to be able to jump to the conclusion that this is some sort of safety feature. It is not. Having money is not a safety feature. So there is no background check. The, that's why the references are so important. However, if somebody has paid that $60, then the name that's attached to the credit or debit card that they used is something that the police can go and use to track them down. And couch surfing does work hand in hand with law enforcement if you ever need to go to law enforcement for any reason. That's perfect. That's, uh, that's always great to hear, especially on this podcast, for people who might be interested to know that there is always a safe way to get out of a situation that is unwanted. Now for you, how did the couch surfing have an impact on your perspective on life? I are hearing now and the me that existed a decade ago are very different me's. I was not a clear communicator. I was not assertive. I kind of knew what my boundaries were. And now I'm like, pick your battles means this is a battle I'm fighting. Uh, it's my boundary. You best respect it. So it has made me more assertive, which surprisingly has given me, I guess, open more doors for me than I had before. When you're a shrinking violet and you sort of sit back and wait for somebody to notice you, you don't get in very many doors. And like, it's led directly to me having pink hair. I'd always wanted pink hair, but I always thought if I do that, uh, opt avenues are going to be closed to me. People are going to respond negatively. They're going to think that I'm some sort of hooligan. And instead, I have specifically in my current job was hired because I have pink hair. So uh, how popular is couch surfing in your area? Uh, in my town alone, there are more willing hosts than there are guests seeking accommodation. So in my town, if you start saying, I can't find a host, honey, you ain't tried hard enough. Uh, it's super popular here because I live in a college town. And a lot of college kids find this to be attractive, both for its low cost, because couch surfing is gratis. That, oh, here's a do not from, from way back up when you asked me about do's and do nots. Do not seek to be remunerated or seek to pay for your accommodation. Couch surfing is a hobby. Hobbies are where you lose money. I mean, that's the whole point of hobbies, right? You pay to do something that's fun for you. That's, that's what you get. You do not get any income if you ask for money from a guest or anything of financial value from a guest or if you offer for a host, though it's harder for them to catch that. Uh, you can get a for life kind of ban. Couchsurfing is gratis for so many, 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 many reasons. Most of them having to do with local legal uh, criteria. If money is exchanged, all of a sudden it becomes an Airbnb. And then all the, the laws concerning Airbnbs kick in, like you have to have like an industrial fire alarm system and the regular smoke detector that you live with is not good enough or whatever. So no money exchange. So because of that, it's cheap because no money exchange and a lot of, uh, a lot of college kids love it. Uh, a lot of gap year kids in between high school and college, they love it. Uh, it's super popular with that particular crowd. Um, and then in my major metropolitan area, we have about 500 users with couch surfing accounts who attend just these events and meetups where they're not being a guest in someone else's house and they're not hosting a guest in their house. They're just getting together with other people who have ever done either one of those things and hanging out for couch surfing specific stuff. That's cool. I like that, that it's more about the, the community aspect, the friendship aspect, rather than the greedy aspect of every other hospitality business today. I'm not saying they're wrong, but it's just, I like that, the couch surfing approach of we're coming at human to human contact as in it's a human helping out another human. Yeah. And that's, um, 
Also, that's why I, so for your listeners' background, I contacted Alex and said, hey, have me on. And then he was gracious enough to have me on. And the reason I wanted to come on this podcast was because I wanted to emphasize that couchsurfing is a hobby. It is a hobby. It is, you know, a a thing you do for your own personal fulfillment. And yes, you're going to sink some money into it. My utilities go up when I have a guest. I have to do extra laundry when I have a guest. Oh, please, please, hosts, please, dear God, wash your sheets between guests. I mean, I shouldn't have to say this, but I have to say this. Like, you're you're going to lose money in these particular areas. You might choose to feed your guests. You don't have to. You're not required to. Again, the only things you're required to offer are a safe space and then access to a bathroom. But if you choose to feed your guests, that's money out of your pocket. That's because you're doing it because it's your hobby. And if you can't afford it, don't offer it. Or if you can't afford to have somebody as a guest, which, again, is sometimes some of the reasons I've turned down guests, like... My budget for couch surfing is just shot. Like I've done it. We're out of money for this month. That's that's a valid reason to turn down guests. They'll find other hosts. Like I, like I said, in my area, there's more hosts than available guests. So if they don't stay with me, they'll stay with someone. Yeah, that's your hobby. You could pick it up and put it down whenever you want, as long yeah. as it makes you happy. So speaking of which, is it something that you want? Uh, you you kind of answered this, but I'm going to ask it in anyways. But is it something that you want to share with the world or something that you just want to keep for yourself? So like when I say keep to yourself, like just keep it within the community or let's say somebody comes and approaches you and and you start having a conversation about traveling and then you would mention couch surfing. Um, I don't evangelize it, so I'm not trying to be pushy about it, but I'm definitely not keeping it a secret. Uh, I like to I like to discuss it from the realistic standpoint rather than and I love couch surfing corporate with all the love in my heart because they provide the tools that let me have my hobby. But, you know, they're, they're coming at it from a marketing perspective. They're trying to increase usership. So, it, so they can't really be as realistic as I can be, which sometimes might be misconstrued as negative. So I will talk about it. I, I get at this point, people, enough of my friends know that I do this. And so I get people referred to me. They're saying, oh, so-and-so is thinking of traveling and they've stumbled across this concept of couch surfing and I'm sending them to you to get the real lowdown. So I will talk about it. I'm definitely not trying to keep it to myself. But at the same time, I'm not out there saying that it is the right hobby for everyone because it isn't the right hobby for everyone. You are an open door like as a person and as a couch surfer. Yes, yes. So people who are listening to this who have done it before, you're well knowledgeable about everything. But for people who are just interested in it and trying to start it out, do you have, like, let's say one big piece of advice for them instead of do's and don'ts, just like a big piece of advice? Yes. So when you first sign up to your for your account, so I guess you'd have to sign up for an account to do this, but just because you've signed up for an account doesn't commit you to anything. So when you first sign up for your account, you'll get a couch mail, which is Couchsurfing's internal messaging communication system, welcoming you as a new member from someone called an ambassador. And I happen to be an ambassador and we are actual real people. And what we want to do is help you have the best possible experience. So that message, like I write the ones that I send, we all write the ones that we send and every new user gets one. So some ambassador has written to you and they're a real person just like me. And they're, oh, and I'm not paid by Couchsurfing headquarters. No ambassadors are paid by Couchsurfing headquarters. We are doing this out of the volunteer love that is within our hearts. And we want you to have a good time. So my big piece of advice is reply back. Reply back to that message. This is the person who's going to have the realistic come to Jesus conversation with you that you really wish somebody had had. Like, there they are. 
They're right there. They can answer all of your questions. They can help you decide whether, oh, well, I signed up for this account, but no, I'm actually not at all about that. So maybe I need to close my account or like, how's the best way to find a host in Denver, Colorado or whatever. That, that's what they're there for. They've written out to, they've written to you. They've reached out to you. And there there's, it's not some sort of, cause I know we all live in the world of email marketing or whatever. It's not an autoresponder. It's a real person who took the time to write you real multi-paragraph message they are a resource and they're not going to be upset even if you feel like you've ghosted them like oh they wrote me that message 4 months ago i i can't i can't reply back to that message now it's been so long no reply back we know we've done this long enough we know it takes a while reply back use use your people use your people's brain trust so there you have it jen is the wise person who We'll be there for you. And of, of course, the other ambassadors will be there for you. As long as you be respectful, they will be there to help you with anything you need help with regarding couch surfing. Now, do you personally have any social media links that you would like to share with the listeners, whether it's your own, let's say for Instagram, Twitter, a Facebook page, or as well, uh, websites like uh, the one you use for couch surfing or any other good resources? You can find me on couchsurfing.com. And by the way, once again, plugging, use the browser, not the app. Uh, search for user the infamous J, all one word. Or you can find me on Reddit at, well, the user the infamous J, or at the Couchsurfing subreddit, where I will pop up from time to time telling people not to have sex with their guests. <laughs> yes, that is always, always important to remember. And uh, so, yeah, I'll put all that information in the show notes below or on the side wherever they're located. And then that will make it a lot easier for you guys to find her and get in contact with her. And once again, be respectful. Jen is a lovely person. She agreed to talk to me about her hobby. And too bad we didn't have this conversation in person. We, Because I'm a very animated person. I use my hands a lot when I talk. I'm doing it right now, even though no one's looking. But yeah, I feel like... This is why you need a laugh mic, man. Laugh mic. It's the way to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'll put all that in the bottom and it'll be a lot easier to find. Now, do you have any questions for me about couch surfing? Why aren't you on it? Why aren't I on couch surfing? Yeah. Uh, that is very cool. Like I just, this is something new to me. Like I just learned about it because I knew about hostels and my wife and I. Your wife sounds 100% like the kind of person who transitions into being a couch surfer. One of my best couch surfing friends who happens to also be an ambassador. So if y'all respond to that, that incoming onboarding ambassador message, read, reach out. You might be talking to her. She worked, She spent three months living in a hostel in South Africa and working there. So like this, this, you are the people who generally become couch surfers successfully long term kind. As opposed to the I'm broken in college and I generally don't like people and I'm going to become more and more against people the older I get. Yeah, no, she's definitely has the experience working in a hostel and now she works at a hotel as well. So she's a front desk. So she knows all about hospitality. She had the, but yeah, no, couch surfing. I like that idea that is that human interaction thing where it's just connecting with people because in hostels, you don't need to interact with anybody. You can just go in, stay in your room and then go out. Couch surfing sounds more relatable and more down to earth. Why I, why I haven't done it yet? Um, because I just recently learned about it. And this is a big reason why I did uh, podcasting to for people's hobbies so I can actually learn more about these hobbies. I think you'll like it. Um, but I'm not trying to push it on you, of course. I just, I think you'll like it. And if you want to try it out, just know 
you can say no. I say no to 80% of the couch requests I receive. And if your idea is that you want to host only left-handed, one-legged, peg-legged, pre-op transsexual people from Brussels, then go for it. Your house, your rules. Imagine if I just say, hey, Jen, I want to do it. And you just say no. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Jen, so much for coming on my show. I learned a new hobby, a new like way of living per se. And I'm excited to try to give it a try later on in the future when I have time. Because remember, it's time for your hobby, right? As if I make time for it, it'll be great. I'll have to tell my wife about it. I'm definitely going to talk to her after this. Cause... I bet you she knows about it. If she's if she's been in the hostile world, I bet you she's heard about it. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if she did. But yes, back. So uh, I'll put all the information for Jen below so you guys can click it and follow and ask questions. She's a very lovely person. And if you'd like to be on my show, all you have to do is send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. You can even ask me questions disregarding the like the podcast. It can be about anything like, oh, Alex, how do you record? Or Alex, why aren't you as interesting as all your guests? So I'm like, oh, well, this is not my show. This is my, the show for my guests. Um, but you can also share this with friends and family because sharing is caring. And that's the only way that you get to learn about new people like Jen. And so, yeah, until the next. Well, well, first of all, thank you, Jen. Oh, you're welcome. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.